Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Kiss Your Best Life. I am your host, Maggie Cavanaugh, and today I have my dear friend, colleague, sister in Christ. Love this woman. You've seen her on here before, or you've seen me on her television show called Power Powered Fueled Living. But Lisa is uh, just so precious to me. I'm honored to have her on the show this morning. She is, a, first and foremost, a minister of the gospel. She is passionate about seeing people walk in the freedom and the calling uh, that Christ died for us. She also is, like I said, a TV host. She has a podcast that y'all need to subscribe to. Great information. But she's also a coach, a counselor, a wife, a, a mother, a grandma, and actually Gigi, right? GG. <laughs> She's too cool to be the grandma. So um, you know, I'm a G Mall. I'm a G to the M to the A. That makes my G Mall cool. Uh, <laughs> but I just want to thank you for being on the show this morning, Lisa. Uh, we are so excited about uh, this broadcast, not because, necessarily because of the topic. Suicide is a very heavy topic. I want to tell you right now if you have small children watching, you need to go ahead and watch this in a private setting, put on earbuds something to that effect. We want to put that disclaimer out there because we do not want to trigger anyone, but we do want people to understand that, you know, we're willing to talk about the difficult things and the difficult things are things that, you know, I believe that anything that's brought out into the light, the Lord heals. Uh, things that are left in the darkness, the enemy uses. And so if no one talks about their experiences or their healing throughout the experience, then people won't know and they'll think they're all alone. And if you are watching this and you have lost someone to suicide, you are not alone. There are lots of people that are grieving with you and standing with you. But at least at first, I want to mention to them, we have uh, about liberty through Christ because we have been, you know, with COVID and everything, we've been a little quiet. We haven't talked a lot about it. For those of you that do not know, Lisa and I, we've been co-laboring in a ministry for several years now, and we have quarterly intensives. We have an annual conference. We're working on curriculum. There's a lot of things coming down the pike with liberty, but I want to talk for a moment about our intensives because they kind of fit into the role of what we're talking about today. Lisa, share with them what our intensives and why we do them. Yeah, well, Maggie, you and I have dealt with soul wounds. We've dealt with um, traumas, crisis, like like everyone, right? We've had loss um, and we are both very passionate about what the Bible says about us, our identity in Christ, being yeah. delivered, being healed and tapping into that. And so as you and I have received so much deliverance over the years, God has put us together to help others do so as well. And using our ministry gifts, using our knowledge as counselors, using our experiences of deliverance and healing and how God brought us through that, we put together Liberty Through Christ by God's uh, hand. It was his direction. And we started with our intensives and the intensives we we pray about it. We uh, you know we have our masterminds, and we really seek God on the subjects. And so we've dealt with unforgiveness, anxiety, soul wounds. I mean, we we've dealt with a a a, a lot of um, things that aren't always dealt with, um, and. So we have these intensives, it's practical application, but for the most part, it's biblically, biblically based. Mm -hmm. 
We uh, incorporate what we've learned again as counselors and from our own experiences. But the whole point of it is to receive the freedom in Christ that he has promised us. Life and to have it more abundantly. He came to set the captives free. And so that's what we do with our intensives quarterly. And then we have our annual conference that also is a part of healing and deliverance. And in some cases, spiritual warfare but what we've done is we've taken we we've taken the word of god and we put it into practice yes yes i love it i love i love what we're doing because so many times lisa you know we you know we we've both been you know have our masters in counseling and we both have been through a lot of personal experiences but a lot of times we throw as christians we throw the baby out with the bathwash so to right. speak. And, you know so what we like to say a lot of times is it's where psychology meets theology because mm -hmm. it is biblically based but there also are some modalities that that we know about the brain right. how it operates and how we respond to things in life and traumas and triggers and stuff so i would encourage you guys to look for those coming up in 2021 as well as our annual conference next year but today our topic it's a heavy topic and again if you're just logging on we're asking you if small children are around you do not want to listen to this around small children you want to put in your earbuds uh we are talking about the topic suicide. Yeah. September is Suicide Awareness Month, along with Recovery Month. Uh, we are in a crisis right now as a nation. So many people have isolated themselves. Uh, suicide is up 800% from 2019. Yeah. 800. That's I, that's I said that right. 800, y'all. Okay, so it's very important that we talk about these things. But today we're going to be talking about Lisa's going to share her personal story of how she endured the suicide of her mother, as well as her healing journey throughout that. So, Lisa, can you share with the audience about what happened with your mother? Yeah. Yeah. So my senior year of high school, um, I was feeling very independent and grown, you know, and um, my mom and I used to have very, very um, intimate meetings together. We used to connect and I would sit in her lap and hug and kiss her. And, you know, we talk about just anything under the sun. And she would always ask me, are you mama's baby? Well, because it was my senior year of high school, and like I said, I was feeling independent and, and, and had some objectives in mind, I, I said to her this particular night that I was sitting in her lap in the living room, I'm not a baby anymore. Well, I saw her countenance change. And, you know, it, it really didn't bother me so much because I knew exactly what to do. So I played kissy face with her again and hugged and snuggled and hugged. And, you know, she giggled and I said, OK, well, I need to go and uh, finish my homework. And so I went downstairs to start on my homework again. And through that, um, I heard a pop. Now, Maggie, I immediately knew what the pop was because when I was playing kissy face with her in the living room, her bedroom was right off of the living room and I saw her gun on the bed. Now, it didn't startle me to see her gun on the bed because she normally kept her gun under her pillow. 
So to see her gun on the bed didn't make a make a difference to me when I saw it. But when I heard the pop, I I I was startled and I ran upstairs. My my dad was downstairs with me. He was in the living room. He was taking a nap. I ran upstairs and found my mother laying in her bedroom with a gunshot to her head. So I ran to the phone to call the ambulance and it happened that someone was calling in when I picked up the phone. So I had to tell them to hang up so that I can call the ambulance. By that time, my dad was up. He was calling my mom's name. And um, the only other thing that I remember about that moment was the ambulance coming I remember us driving to the hospital. And then I remember um, the doctor saying that she was deceased. Um, she was pretty much dead on arrival. There was nothing they could do. That's all I remember about that night. And so um, the next morning I woke up and I thought it was a dream. It, it like, Okay, that was the most horrible dream ever, but very quickly I realized it wasn't. And so I woke up knowing for a fact that my mother was gone. Wow, Lisa, I know at a young age, uh, you know, we know from a physiological standpoint, that our brains are not fully developed until 23 for females, 25 for males. And to be that young and have to process the trauma of suicide, especially uh, with the circumstances of being the last person to physically talk to her. And even um, in your independence, you know, feeling like, oh my gosh, I just rejected mom, you know. Did, did you have to deal with some guilt with that? So I dealt with uh, PTSD more, more quickly than anything, of course. Um, sure. You know, it was a very traumatic experience. Sure. I dealt with flashbacks, night terrors, um, my sense, my senses. I could, the smell of that moment, I could recall the smell. Yeah. And um, my... First question, though, after that was, why is my mother gone? And then, Lord, why did you let her die? Because here's what was more prevalent to me. I saw the, 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 the gun on the bed, but I also saw the Bible on the bed. When I saw my mother laying on the floor the next thing i saw was that bible maggie i ran to the phone so not only was i dealing with the ptsd the trauma and crisis of it but th during the grieving process i was really angry and confused as to why god would allow that to happen absolutely as a young believer yeah absolutely yeah. We, we were a Christian family, you know, and so I could not understand that. Now, as far as the, the PTSD, the symptoms of all of that, one of the things that God did for 
me, I believe, is he released some of the demonic pressure of that. And let me explain what I mean. The night terrors, you can have flashbacks and you can have night terrors. But something that I was noticing about these particular nightmares were they 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 had a evilness to it. They it was it was a different type of oppression to it. And I remember in one dream and they, and they, they were constant and, and because they were so consistent and constant, Maggie, they felt so real, Yes, they felt so real, so tangible. Right. And one particular night I had the same nightmare over and over again, but this time I saw my mom and she was walking and I called her and I said, mom, mom. And, I, and she turned around. And I said, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. And then she said, well, it's too late now. But she said it in a very mean way in this particular dream. And in the dream, I said, you're not my mom. And I said it very sternly. And I woke up from the dream. Well, after that dream, the night terrors lessened. I didn't have them as often and they weren't as intense. You took authority. I took authority. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to um, do this interview with you. Because, you know, we go through a grieving process. All of us have experienced some type of loss. That's right. All of us has experienced some level of trauma or crisis. But what we often don't think about is that it makes us very vulnerable to the demonic, to the spirit realm. Yes, fear brings torment. And and torment is from the demonic realm. And that is why, and we see so many people operating in fear right now and it's feeding that. So we have to walk in our authority. Right, we trauma crisis, it opens the door to to our emotions. It opens the door to our health, our mental health, our spiritual self, all of that. And so, but by taking authority in my dream, again, I believe God allowed that to happen so that those those symptoms can lessen. Now, as far as guilt, let's talk about this for a minute. So I absolutely experienced um, guilt and did not realize it to the degree that I was experiencing it. Because of course, the the thoughts that I had over the coming days and weeks was, well, maybe she would not have done it if I said, yes, I'm your baby. Did saying I'm not a baby anymore give her, embolden her to go ahead and do it? Am I the reason why she decided to commit suicide? Now, here's the problem. Um, I found out through listening to family discussions during this time that my mother had threatened to commit suicide often. I did not know that. And one of the reasons why is because, you know, you have those family secrets. You have those family members who think, oh, you can't share with children, you know, it's, this is not for children to know. And, you know, and, and, and I'm sure it was to protect me. Sure. But I could have really, and I think about it now and, and, and I'll get to that in a minute, but 
there were so many symptoms and signs of suicide ideation that I could have recognized had I understood what it was and had I been told that my mother had considered suicide, talked about suicide before. Yeah. Now, my mother was diagnosed with, um, with a chemical imbalance. And so, um, and she, and it, and it sounds like, and I don't, I don't know this for sure, but it sounds like she had chosen not to take her medication and at some point, um, went into major depression. But the fact of the matter is that guilt of, if I had not said that I was, I was, I was not a baby anymore. Maggie, we go on through life. We go on through our grieving process. You know, life still continues. I kind of dismissed that thought at some point in my life, but I really didn't dismiss it in my heart. I didn't dismiss it in my inner man. And let me explain what I mean by that. I had started having some breathing issues um, a few, uh, well, it's been several years ago. And um, when I moved here to Tennessee, I had asthma symptoms and I could not understand why I had asthma symptoms, but I refused to live my life with asthma. And people were saying, oh, it's just Tennessee. And I was like, "Uh, uh-uh. God does. I do not have to have asthma because I moved to Tennessee. That is not God's <laughs> promise to me. I am healed in the name of Jesus. I want my healing. And so I was determined to get my healing from these asthma symptoms. And so there is a man, uh, Dr. Michael Holsey. We both know him. And he was doing a healing school um, at, at the House of Prayer. And I had made up my mind that I was going to go to this healing school and get free of this asthma. Well, as he was teaching, as he was talking about the miracles of the Bible and the promises of God, he also taught how physical symptoms are a manifestation of soul wounds. Yes. I had never heard such a thorough teaching of that before. And to my surprise, when he talked about asthma, he said asthma um, is triggered from a soul wound of abandonment and rejection. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so, and that, and that spoke to me, but I didn't understand. And I was like, Lord, I was sitting there. I was like, Lord, how, why? I don't feel abandoned. Who abandoned me and, and reject? And, and he immediately reminded me of my mother, Maggie. I had not realized that I had, I was carrying this inner wound of feeling abandoned and reject it until that moment. And so he had us deal with whatever issues we had. He had us pray and, and seek God for it. Yes. And I did. And what I had to do was I had to acknowledge that I felt that way. And in that acknowledgement, I had to forgive my mother. Yes. Mom's gone. But for for my healing, the Holy Spirit led me to forgive my mother. 
And I also rebuked every demonic attack, every demonic interference related to that. I love forgiveness. Yes. It takes out so much in the spirit realm. But I'm saying this is why we do liberty, right? Yeah. <laughs> so after that, Maggie, I took a breath and I could breathe normally. Hallelujah. I could yeah. breathe. I received my deliverance. But look at how subtle. You know, Satan is a sneaky devil. He's a sneaky. He sure devil. is. And look at how how much we don't understand about trauma and crisis and grief. Now you and I have been trained. We're trained counselors. So we understand complicated grief. We know, we understand the broken heart. But back then I didn't understand what had happened. I had not dealt with my PTSD because nobody took me to counseling. The school counselor was not, did not reach out. Um, my family, I, I had no counseling. So what, what, what I had to do was go through PTSD, go through the grieving process on my own, but by the grace of God, by the grace of God, because he was so gentle and merciful to me, he put uh, some, some books in my way. And when I rededicated my life to Christ in my early 20s, my first question was, again, Lord, why did you allow this to happen? Because I was angry with God. Sure. I was angry that he allowed my mother to die. And so that's another thing. Another part of my healing from the trauma, from the crisis, from all of it, was also forgiving God. Now, God doesn't need forgiveness, of course, yeah. but I needed sure. to forgive him. And he encouraged me to do so. It wasn't for him, but it was for me. I had to say the words. And I got to a point, Maggie, where I... I rebuilt my relationship with him because before he was God. Yes, but I, yeah, he was, he was God, you know, and now he's Abba daddy. Yeah. Now, you know, now he's my heavenly father. Mm. But that took some time to rebuild. Now going back to the guilt. So after I was delivered from asthma, it was about a year and a half later that I noticed my breathing was still what what was starting to sound like asthma again. And you know, the word says that the enemy will come back for a more opportune time. You know, he doesn't right. leave you alone. Sure. So I thought this was what was happening. And I was like, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I don't have asthma. You Amen. know, I'm my whole spiritual warfare prayers and I make my declarations and it, it is what it is. But what it turned out to be was thyroid. So my thyroid was already enlarged, but it was growing and it was actually pushing up against my trachea. Now, this created a lot of other health issues. Yes. But here's what happened. And thanks to you. Thanks to you, my dear sister. <laughs> you told me about Dr. Henry Wright. And uh, being held a more excellent way. And I went to his meeting, his healing meeting, 
very similar to what Dr. Michael Holsey did. Yes. Well, during his meeting, my husband and I both went during his meeting when he talked about thyroid, thyroid and the soul wounds related to thyroid. It was guilt, self-hatred and self-rejection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here I am again saying, Lord, what do I feel guilty about? And I was like, I love myself. <laughs> I went through the same thing, girl. <laughs> I am a, I am a woman of God. I, you know, I, I'm just declaring my identity and my, and Lord, you know, you're the one who said, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. So you told me to love myself. So I love myself. What is this self self hatred about? Girl, you handled it better than me. Okay, whenever I had that whole self hatred thing, I'm like, what? If I was somebody else, I'd want to be my friend. <laughs> I actually got angry thinking, no, that's not right, you know, until I started journaling out the family legacy and all the things I've dealt with physically. Because every time I've got an emotional healing, I get it manifests physically. Yeah. Yeah, so this is so good. So you're a Dr. Henry Rice and you're finding so out I'm a Dr. Henry Rice and he's talking about guilt and I'm like, Lord, what? And I sat down and I prayed and he said, your mom. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not over that. You know, <laughs> this is like, at this point, man, it was like 25 plus years. Sure. Right. Sure. And I'm like, okay. And so, but, but I really settled myself and I said, Holy Spirit speak. And I was still holding guilt about what if I had said, I'm your mom, I'm your baby. But the self-hatred, mm -hmm. I said, Lord, and, and the two, the two were linked together. And I was like, Lord, I was like, well, I just rebuke that. But you know what? When I was rebuking that, Maggie, when I was trying to come against that self-hatred, it was like it was like it was just bouncing off a wall. Sure. I didn't feel the deliverance. I didn't feel the breakthrough. And I was like, uh oh, I was like, this is a stronghold that I'm going to have to deal with. And so it it I, I, the guilt I released, the self-hatred, I had to really go through a process with God of declaration and prayer and forgiving myself in order to really get a release from that. Mm. But Maggie, here again, here is a physical problem that is a manifestation of a soul wound. Right, right. Don't jack us up. Oh my God. And so, so during this process, I, one of the things that, um, there's two things that God really taught me that I want to impress upon uh, your listeners is that when we experience loss, when we experience grief, God gives us a season to grieve. Our grieving process is not supposed to last throughout 
our lives. Hear me, hear what I'm saying. We have a loss. My mom is gone. It's been 34 years this month, actually. But for me to continue to grieve at this point can create soul wounds and spirit wounds and health issues that are not of God. God came to set the captive free. Amen. The loss is major. The loss hurts. The person was very important. The person is loved. The person is important. But God wants us to be free of guilt, shame, anger, grief, torment, oppression. None of that of God. None of it. Right. And he told David when David was 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 grieving, he said, get up, get up. In the word in, in the New Testament, he says, he says, let the dead bury the dead. He says, sorrow not. Jesus came to give us life and to have it more abundantly. That person that we've lost, that person is doing fine. That person is okay. We have to be okay. We have to live. We have to prosper in our lives and fulfill our destiny. You know, speaking of loss, one of the things that I had to struggle with also, Maggie, was this whole um, suicide uh, demands hell. Meaning that if you commit suicide, you're automatically going to hell. The devil is a liar. That is not what that means. And because a lot of people don't know whether or not a person is going to hell or not, if we continue to listen to that and let it oppress us and let it torment us, that is not of God. I had to deal with that, Maggie. I heard uh, um some people saying, well, you know, suicide is self-murder. And if, if you murder, you're going to hell. Some people say, well, suicide, if you're not in your right mind, if you're tormented by demons or you have a chemical imbalance, you don't know what you're doing and God will have grace and mercy. I had to get to a point, Maggie, and this was through my relationship with Christ. Yes. And some people are not going to understand this, but hear, hear, hear me. I had to get to a point, Maggie, that I said, Lord, I love you so much. And I want the fullness of your love, the fullness of your healing, the fullness of your deliverance. I will not allow the enemy to torment me with questioning whether or not my mother is in hell. And so... I am going to trust you that whatever decision she has made and whatever consequence is of her decision, thy will be done. And I said this, and I made sure I said it out loud because I wanted the devil to hear it. (laughs) I said, if my mother is in hell, so be it. That was her choice. I have no control over that and I'm not going to grieve that. But if she's not and I get to see her in eternity, <laughs> amen. But I had I had to I I had to draw the line, Maggie. And I had to make a statement that ended 
that torment, ended that questioning. Because I said, Lord, your my relationship with you, you are sovereign. You are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And my relationship with you is important. And the promises that you have given me is important. And I will not allow myself to be tormented by questioning this. And I said, it's so healthy, Lisa. Yeah. It's so healthy because you yeah. have to release yourself from that constant what if, what if, what if. You know, the Bible says to be content in all things. And this side of heaven, there's a lot of things that we don't understand. Right. You know, and we right. just have to come to terms with that. Right. Right. And so here's glad. the thing that has given me peace. And, and uh, months before my mother's death, I, I would sit in her living room. She had the real, this real comfy chair that we would sit in together. But I went upstairs by myself. I was in the house by myself. I sat in the chair. And like I said, her, her bedroom was off the living room. And I happened to glance over in her bedroom. And I heard as if somebody was standing right in front of me, speaking directly to me. It's time for your mother to rest. Mm. It's time for mother to rest. Now, Maggie, I the trauma of the whole gunshot, the whole something about remembering those words, it's time for your mother to rest, gave me peace over the years. And I believe that was the grace of God. I believe he knew. And of course, I mean, I know he knew the decision she was going to make. I know he knew, you know, what was going to happen, but I think that was just his grace for me to get through this process. And if we look very closely, if we look very closely at our lives, at our traumas, at our crisis, we can see God. We can see, oh, absolutely. Yeah. We can see his mercy, but the enemy doesn't want you to see that. The enemy wants you to blame God for everything. He wants you to be angry with God and that's fine. God can take it. But at some point you have to forgive. That's you right. have to forgive, even if it means forgiving him, even if it means forgiving yourself, even if it means forgiving the person that committed suicide. Mm -hmm. God wants us free. He wants us free, Maggie. Amen. Lisa, that is so impactful and so powerful because people, many times they do, they carry this and they carry this weight. And, you know, grief, listen, y'all, grief is different for everybody. Okay. We can't tell you how to grieve, how long to grieve and things like that. But what Lisa saying to you is it comes a time where you have to be at peace. And we will always miss those that have gone before us, whether it's suicide, murder, or, or they've died of natural causes. We are going to miss them. But that is the, the thing about uh, eternity. Eternity is real. And so I do believe that we will get to see those again in heaven. There's some different, you know, theologies out there on heaven, whether you'll recognize people or not. But, you know, um, you know, I do believe that those that have gone before us would not want us to be in a position of constant turmoil and pain. Right. You know, I've lost both parents. I've lost a sibling. I've lost a nephew. I mean, I've lost, 
I have lost so many people. Last year, it was like, bam, bam, bam. Like, you know, I lost my dear sister-in-law, you know, uh, which was, she was so precious. It was very sudden. And so there's, you know, it's grieving is challenging, but we're asking you to go to the healer, go to the great counselor. You know, Lisa and I, both of us, we tell our clients all the time. I know you tell your clients this, Lisa, because I know you, but you know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the counselor. And right. so when we have sessions with people or when we teach, we preach, whatever we're doing, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us to that person to bring encouragement because the, the Lord is the one that brings the healing. Lisa, I'm so glad you got your breakthrough. And in yeah. such, um, God is so gentle with us. Yeah. You know? and, and he knew exactly when you were going to be able to receive, you know, right. the peace and to show you a little bit more and show you a, bit, a little bit more. I mean, I am on, you know, I have been on the potter's wheel for so long. I'm dizzy. Okay. But God is constantly showing me, molding me, changing me, shaping me. And, and that's because the goodness of God, he's never let us down. He never will let you down. And if you would like more information about a relationship with Jesus, reach out to Lisa or myself. We would love to talk to you about a relationship with God and allowing him to heal your hurts. So Lisa, if there was anything else that uh, you would like to add, any key, I always ask our uh, guests to leave a key with the viewers, those listening on the podcast. Uh, what would that key be? Meg, it's really very simple. Um, those of you who are still dealing with grief, get some help. Yeah. Get help for your grief. There's, there's group counseling, individual counseling. Do not go through the grieving process alone. That is not God's will for us to go through pain and anguish and torment alone. It really isn't. Get some help. There's someone who can help you. You know, Maggie, I, I thought about what you said Um about what we tell our, our clients. And we have to rely on the Holy Spirit as counselors. Yes. And so those of you who are listening, really seek God for what place you are in, in your grief. Ask him, ask him, are you in a healthy place? And let him tell you what place you're in and respond to him. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's such good advice. So viewers, I want you to be encouraged that, you know, we do recover, uh, you know, again, it's recovery month from all types of recovery. Predominantly, we hear about drug and alcohol addiction, but, you know, uh, Lisa's got a great recovery story about some other things that, you know, are very fluent and I'm going to have her back on the show. And um, if she's ready to share that publicly, I, I believe she is. She's turned on some platforms so the World Wide Web, but listen, if you're struggling with addiction, if you're struggling with grief, if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, get help now. There's help available. And this is definitely, uh, we understand the pressures of life. And we understand how it only takes a fleeting moment where the enemy could come in and say, I mean, I've literally had that thought happen to me. I was on the interstate one day. I was coming around a ramp. I will never forget this. And it was so quick. And it said, just Pull, just drive off the, the ramp. Nobody cares. Devil is a liar. I mean, I heard that and I was like, what the heck? I rebuke you. You, you know, a suicidal demonic thing can come in at any time. Also, there are times that people are mentally ill and uh, they're dealing with torment and they're dealing with chemical imbalances. There's a lot of different things. And I see you getting excited over there, Lisa. Hold on. I got to I got to share this. You just. Okay. 
Uh, give me a few minutes. Maggie, yeah. in my mid-30s, I was cleaning my house. I was washing dishes. And all of a sudden, this feeling of depression, this feeling of oppression was coming over me. And I couldn't understand it. And I was like, Lord, what are you saying? Because by this time, I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, Lord, what's going on? And so I start praying and I start praying in my prayer language, right? And I got a little bit of relief. The next day, same thing happened. The next day, same thing happened. So I prayed and I said, Lord, what is going on? And I just kind of got mad because, you know, I was like, this is what is happening. And I felt like it was directly from the enemy trying to do something. And the Holy Spirit said, the familiar spirit that tormented your mom is coming after you. Mm -mm. Girl. So, of course, I went into every spiritual warfare prayer. I knew every, <laughs> every scripture I remembered. I, and so I'm just going after this. But here's what he showed me. The, at, the age, at, at the age that my mother committed suicide, I was that same age. Mm -hmm. It was the month during the season where she had her breakdown. It was yeah. one of those same months. Yeah. And, and Maggie showing me that made me understand even more how how the spirit realm, yeah. how the demonic realm, how familiar spirits are so real and how they can torment us because of not only because that's their job, but even because of the iniquities and the sins of generations. And uh, oh my God, you just, when you said that, that triggered that. And so listen, so I say that to say, folks, I say that to say, if you have a relationship with Christ, amen, ask him for more spiritual discernment. Yeah. To activate the gifts, stir up the spirit of God that is within you. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, this is a good time yeah. to develop a relationship with Christ. All you have to do is repent. All you have to do is repent of your sins. And repenting of your sins means saying, I'm sorry, but also turning away from them yeah. and receiving Jesus in your heart, receiving him not just as Savior but as Lord, Lord and Savior, the Son of God who died on the cross for you. He loves you. He loves you. And he wants you delivered. But not only, Maggie, does he give us deliverance, he gives us discernment. He gives us his yeah. spirit so we can maneuver through the spiritual realm, which we cannot see, but is very present and interfering in our lives. Yes. Amen. 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 Girl, you got to get your preach on. I feel like I've been judged. Thank you for letting me share. <laughs> it is true, Lisa. It is true. You know, there are things uh, spiritually that people are fully not aware of. And if y'all don't know what we're talking about, I'm telling you, it, it is it's the real deal. Uh, you know, Lisa had mentioned Dr. Henry Wright. Whenever I went to a workshop and whenever I journaled out all the physical diagnoses that I had, these are things that my mother diagnosed and uh, was diagnosed with and struggled with. And um, so... I, we have to be aware of these things. I mean, my goodness, when you go to the doctor, what is the first thing they say? What did mama have? What did daddy have? You know, I mean, so we have to have history. 
Yes, knowing the history and and but walking in who God created you to be. Uh, you know, Jesus wants you to walk in wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. That's why we're so adamant about what we teach and why we teach it, and to give people the the revelatory knowledge so they can go to the Word of God and they can get the you know the illumination of the Word and right. understand it better. So our encouragement to you today is always the same: get in the Word of God. Read the word. Don't take our word for it. Go and read the word of God. Get that in you. And as you get that understanding of the love of Christ and your identity of who you are in him, not not, not on your own. OK, the world is going to tell you, go find yourself. Don't go find yourself because you will come up with some hot mess. Okay? Go find yourself in Christ. Right. And Lisa, I just want to thank you for taking the time today. It's always a pleasure. Uh, you and I have these conversations all the time, but very rarely do the viewers get to hear us. So y'all listen, go and check out Lisa. If you're not already following her, Power Fuel Living is her TV show. She also has a podcast. Lisa, what's the name of the podcast? I'm having the brain block. Rain in Purpose. Woo! Rain and Purpose Podcast, yes. Available on all of the platforms. And Lisa, thank you and God bless you. Thank you, Maggie. Take care.